pharmacists could catch things within chronic disease states so much faster than just the physician alone. Welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast. I'm Ann Arvizu, and I'm inviting you to hop on the fast track from corporate to freedom. Freedom. Executive experience combined with the mindset of successful entrepreneurship will leave you unstoppable. This content will help you become centered, open, resilient, and energized. So you can build your business, balance your life, and leave your legacy. Ready to unleash your core power? Let's go. Hello, Corpreneurs. Welcome back to the Corpreneur Podcast. You know what is amazing? That this is our ninth episode. And today's story is one of an advocate who saw a need and felt it was his mission to fulfill it. His name is Todd Yuri. And before I give you the wonderful backstory on him, I promised on a previous episode to start doing some shout outs. So today I'm going to start with that because I want to take a minute and acknowledge and thank those who have been leaving me these really amazing and wonderful and heartfelt five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It is such an honor to read them. I love seeing them. I don't kind of go backwards when I record. I don't look at the episodes afterwards. I just keep moving forward. And every once in a while, my team said, hey, you got a new review. You should look at this. And I want to just say it really is such an honor. I love your words. I do this for you. And I am so grateful to you, our listeners, that you're benefiting from this. So the first one comes from Heather Like a Feather. She says, wowee, so many good nuggets. I just got done listening to your conversation with Carrie Wilkerson. She said, girls, I didn't want it to end. Y'all were so engaging and so real. It was so wonderful hearing two women lifting each other up and affirming one another. I loved it and look forward to listening to more. Definitely a podcast I will be sharing with my family and friends. Thank you, Heather, like a feather. I love it. If you want to go and connect in with us, just go to anrvzu.com, send us an email to support. We'll get you on our email list. We'd love to have you part of our community. You can download our Corporate to Freedom checklist as well. Boston Mary Beth, wow, thank you so much for these words. This, this is the mindset framework for the corporate employee to the women business owner. She writes that it's clear that Anne's Corpreneur framework is a pathway to acquire the mindset to successfully transition from a corporate employee to a thriving business owner. As she shares from her own extensive journey, the fundamentals of success stand out. Her high profile guests do the same as they cover many areas of business and life an entrepreneurial woman must confront to experience that desired entrepreneurial freedom. I can't wait to see what guests and entrepreneurial conversations will be on these future episodes. And then separately, Boston Mary Beth sent me another message and she said, I binged a couple of your episodes this morning. I cannot imagine spending any better time than I did this morning while I was getting ready to work than listening to your episodes. Thank you, Anne. And I am just blown away. Thank you, Boston Mary Beth. Love you guys. Just this is the fuel that will keep me going because podcasting, it's a passion project, costs money, makes time. You have to 
put it into your schedule, but it's so fun and I've always wanted to do it. So it is my little passion project, but I'm doing it for you because there's so much to teach. There's so much for you to learn. There's so many conversations that I want to continue surrounding myself with. So it really is so win-win and hearing from you and that it's making a difference around the world is blowing my mind how thousands of downloads have already happened so far in 30 countries across the globe and growing. On episode number 10, I'm going to shout out all of our countries. I'm going to have a list of them. But it is such an honor to know where this broadcast is going throughout Latin America, throughout Asia Pacific, into Australia, to New Zealand, to Vietnam, to Philippines, to all over Europe, to all over the United States, to parts of Latin America, to Hawaii. I really see a spattering across the globe on our metrics that are coming in on our reports. So it's so, so exciting and such an honor. If you want to leave me a great rating or review, I will totally shout you out on a future episode. If you don't know how to do that, it's right on your podcast app. Wherever you've subscribed, you click on the Corpreneur Show page that has all the episodes in it. And at the very bottom, you see library, scroll all the way down and you see the words tap to rate and leave a review. Please leave a great review. I can't thank you enough. I will totally shout you out. I want you part of our Corpreneur community. I can't thank you enough. So thank you for that. Now, let's talk about the present reality. It's been kind of chaotic for pharmacists and at pharmacies this year, especially for those in community or hospital outpatient pharmacy. That's where this year COVID has pushed them right into harm's way. But nobody's been talking about that. And the pharmacist wasn't ready for it and wasn't prepared wasn't given PPE, nothing. They just had to report to work as normal. And as you know, on this show, I'm curating a collection of people that I consider to be corepreneurs, people who are lit from within, driven by a mission and an ideal in their core to make, in this case, an entire industry better, to raise the standard for an entire industry, for an entire profession. So if you know me, you know I'm a pharmacist, and I come from a line of them. My brother Ben, nephew Al, niece Natalie, niece-in-law Andrea, all pharmacists. My best friend Trisha, shout out to her in Tennessee. My other niece Marissa is a nurse. She's been on a sealed, sealed off negative pressure converted COVID floor since February. I was most worried about her. I'm proud of all of them and all of you pharmacists on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I've heard so many of your stories during this time. And although I don't work in the traditional streams of pharmacy, such as in community or hospital pharmacy anymore, I did both of those. And I'm also a fellow of the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists. So I'm a geriatric specialist and I used to consult to nursing homes. So I'm going to admit it as a woman in my 50s with two health strikes against me as a mild asthmatic and as a little bit older woman, I was very glad that I did not have to be considered essential to go in. I didn't have to go anywhere. My role continued as normal as a consultant online, working from home to the biotech industry and as a leadership development mentor to either people in Fortune 500 companies who are leaders in the C-suite and VP levels or to small business owners. 
I love what I do. And so it is, of course, like any job, important, but personal caution now makes me even more grateful for the fact that I already had Zoom. I already did work like that. I used to joke that the American Airlines Lounge was my second office away from home, from my home office. And I worked from any hotel where our meetings happened to be. I was on a plane a lot and I love to travel and I love people. So I would just go. But I'm also grateful for this break that we're having to create things like this Corpreneur podcast. I am so grateful and I want to say thank you to healthcare professionals and essential workers that have kept us going this entire time beyond the community pharmacist that you might know about at Rite Aid or CVS or Walgreens and beyond the person that you may meet on the way out of the hospital that you might never remember when you pick up your prescription because you're not really in the best state or maybe your family picked it up for us. These are pharmacists and there are pharmacists across many, many facets of pharmacy these days, now in business, operations, industry, insurance, consulting, entrepreneurship, authorship, and beyond. And that's what this show really is about, to show you that you could be in one industry and just kind of make a transition to a true and higher calling. That's what Todd Yuri did. And he is also the first gentleman we are welcoming to the show. I told you in the beginning, this show is for me to bring on people I admire for their tenacity or their vision or those who keep themselves centered, open, resilient, and energized, which of course is the core in Corpreneur. Most of my guests are women, and it's funny because I have had a lot of feedback about that. Men seem to like to listen in. And one man got back to me and sent an email who's a guy on our list, and he said, I really like to listen sort of like a fly on the wall. I had one gentleman also tell me he was listening to these high achieving women and it helped him not only get a different perspective on his business as an entrepreneur, but he felt somehow nurtured and even felt that it was creating a positive impact on his relationship with his wife because he felt like I can listen in to how women think without having to ask her and now I can kind of apply it. So that, that was Greg. So thank you for those comments. So for the few good men that I get on this podcast, really there's going to be those that I see with a corpreneur's mission and a heart for change. So there will be more of you guys coming up. And it's funny that the people who've most asked me to be on the show are gentlemen. So women, step up to the plate, ask me to be on the show, and we'll review your application. Todd Yuri is today's corpreneur. He says, and I quote, the most intriguing and important aspect of business is quality networking. To me, the most fulfilling part of my career has been building meaningful relationships which drive change, create improvements, and enhance people's lives. Oh, I love that. Todd is a people person, and he understands that relationships are everything. They are the very foundation of good business. Todd grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania in a small community of Evans City, 30 miles north of downtown Pittsburgh. He graduated summa cum laude from Geneva College with a dual degree in business administration and human resources. He started his professional career in telecommunications with Sprint in the small business division and spent eight years in business development for WorldCom, AT&T, and then 
everything changed. I don't think he knew it at the time, but when he entered his next job in the pharmacy technology sector of healthcare in 2004, destiny came quietly calling. Hmm. That's the same year I started my first company, RxCR Communications. If you listen to my upcoming episode with Myosia Boykins, you'll hear how all this divine timing in entrepreneurship seems to unfold. 2020 might seem like a chaotic year, but it is a year that voices are coming out and people are taking their mountains. Anyway, in his early stages of pharmacy, Todd helped to build a small software systems design company with barely 10 local total customers to the most recognized long-term care pharmacy management system in the pharmacy industry. It was called Softwriters Development of the Framework LTC. After that, Todd created the Pharmacy Technology Resource, which started a small popular blog about pharmacy operators leveraging technology better to gain efficiency and maximize profitability. In 2009, Todd launched the pharmacy industry's first podcast about the business of pharmacies dedicated to healthcare professionals called the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Hmm. In 2009, I got the download on the core framework. In 2011, the pharmacy technology resource merged with a pharmacy buying group called the Pharmacy GPO. Todd formed a partnership at that time with a pharmacy owner and business developer in Pittsburgh and used H.D. Smith as their wholesaler to create a unique offering for their pharmacy members through digital marketing and call center services. <laughs> Todd's partners voted to sell the company in 2014 to a physician dispensing organization, and then he began to consult for pharmacy software developers on improving the business development strategies, networking, and digital marketing efforts. In the fall of 2014, several pharmacists joined Todd's pharmacy publication, and the pharmacy podcast show was transformed into the Pharmacy Network. Today, in 2020, the audio blog is the U.S. healthcare system's largest network of podcasts dedicated to the profession of pharmacy, with 23 co-hosts developing content for 15 different podcasts segmented on different topics like healthcare, law, technology, medical cannabis, senior care, pharmacogenomics, pharmacoeconomics, therapeutics, and entrepreneurship. Thank you, Todd. The Pharmacy Podcast Network has a collective listener base of about 80,000 listeners and has personalized podcast publications for national associations like the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists and the National Association of Specialty Pharmacy. In 2015, Todd was contracted by WellMedRx to help build mobile applications to assist doctors in identifying if their patients were eligible for pharmacogenomics testing to ensure that the medications that they were taking would work as medically intended. The world of pharmacy software and healthcare tech consulting wasn't consistent enough. And Todd found this new career in the field of opioid addiction recovery, and then went into business development and strategic marketing with this national leader, you might have heard of them, New Seasons, which is headquartered in Orlando, Florida. And he's been with New Season since June of 2016 until he left and became the head of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. 
Todd is married to his wife, Nicole, who is a nurse at a maximum security state prison system. And he's the proud father to four daughters and two fur babies. One of them actually just had some seizures. So keep his doggy in your prayers. They live in Fayette County, Pennsylvania, and are planning to buy their second home in Florida to eventually live as snowbirds in my fair state because they don't really love the cold winters of the Northeast anymore as they get older. So take Todd's professional life story as a catalyst right now to examine your own. Do you see how everything layered on top of layer in his career to just train him a little bit more, a little bit more to get him curious about the pharmacy profession, to get him trained on the pharmacy profession. And for some of us, driven by humility and purpose, every once in a while, it's going to be good for us to step back and analyze all that we've done and see the meant to be moments along the way, see the connected dots along the way and how nothing is wasted. The zigs and zags of your life, the I'll take this job, then I'll take this job, then that job didn't work out, so I'm moving over here, all lined up to make Todd exactly what he was supposed to be doing. You are going to love my chat with this heartfelt, brilliant, behind-the-scenes warrior. Join us in progress. Hey, Todd, welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast. Thank you for being our very first gentleman on the show. Jeez, I am honored <laughs> to be here, and this is exciting for me. And I'm a big fan of yours for many different reasons, but it's strange being the guest on a podcast instead of a host. Oh, my goodness. I know. So for people that didn't catch my intro, Todd has actually been one of my podcast producers, but his story is so strong and so compelling and was such a surprise to me that I wanted to share this story with you because it's very, very special. And I can spot a corpreneur a thousand miles away. And Todd Yuri is that. One of his nicknames is the Toddcaster. Today is not a podcast, it's a Toddcast. This is fun. Todd, when I met you, you were working at New Season, which for people that don't know, there's over 86 US opioid addiction treatment centers that come out of New Season. And you were also doing the Pharmacy Podcast Network at the time, and you were my producer for the V3 Podcast. When we met, you were coming down to Fort Lauderdale, and you said, hey, Anne, want to grab a coffee? And I said, I'd love to. Absolutely. Let's, let's finally get a chance to meet in person. So we met at a Starbucks, and we're having our coffee, and we're talking about the show. And, and then I go, where did you go to pharmacy school? <laughs> and you said, I didn't. And I said, wait a minute who's this guy that worked in pharmacy technology and then new season opioid addiction treatment centers and has a total passion about it and then who launched the pharmacy podcast network. And I looked at you and I said, wow, you're this advocate. So I am going to just shut my mouth right now. And I want you to tell me your full story, like go back to the beginning and tell us what brought you down this path. Well, it's, it's weird to be mentioned and, and honored by someone who's your hero and the type of pharmacists that I'm attracted to are those that are the most innovative who are pushing the envelope for innovation and change in the pharmacy space, which is what the entire pharmacy industry is going through within the healthcare marketplace. So 
to hear you echo back to me things that I believe in and something that I know I'm part of and something that I was part of very early during the evolution of change is so exciting. And Mm -hmm. I consider myself pharmacist's greatest fan because I know based on the impact on my father, the impact on friends and family, and the impact on my career based on data that I've reviewed because my whole entire background in pharmacy starting in 2004 was helping pharmacy operators and owners to employ and implement a new pharmacy management system starting with SoftWriters Framework LTC in the institutional pharmacy space. And from that guidance perspective and that consultancy, I learned from pharmacy leaders what was happening in the marketplace, what wasn't happening in the marketplace, how pharmacists were not advocating for themselves, and how some of the national associations were, to be frank, and this is tough love to the industry, were not being aggressive enough to ensure that pharmacists were being positioned where they could be positioned with advocacy, with adherence as the number one problem, $300 billion problem a year, and deaths that it's causing and how pharmacists could catch things within chronic disease states so much faster than just the physician alone and how they could do things from a development of technologies and drug development and technology platforms. And it really opened my eyes to who was the pharmacist. And, and I really became this fanboy of pharmacy based on what I was learning through the processes of how an order flowed and how a pharmacist's involvement, how many hard stops that had to be taken during that process to ensure that that patient didn't die, and how many lives were being saved by 600, 1,200, 6,000 prescriptions a day per pharmacy that I was assisting. Mm -hmm. Back in 2004 and through 2007, when I was with SoftWriters, there were about 800 independently owned institutional long-term care pharmacies that the public and the communities didn't even know were in their backyard. And then that started to grow into these combo shops where the community pharmacy started to grow their business because of the relationship that they had with a nursing home or an institution in their community where they were servicing very specialty medications, chronic uh, medications, and then other things that surrounded the medications that they knew based on depletion or based on interaction or based on allergy of what the patient needed within that specific institution. And when I started looking at healthcare, I started realizing, goodness gracious, the physician sees the patient, makes the prognosis, decides on the orders, decides on the therapies, and then goes to the next patient. Who picks up the ball at that point is the pharmacist. And everything that's happening at that point has to fall on the shoulders of the pharmacist in specialty, community, long-term care, compounding, health system. And therefore, the pharmacist became my hero in the healthcare space. And I said, you know, and myself when I'd go home at night and, and be excited about the next day, what can I do to accelerate this person? What can I do to accelerate pharmacist effectiveness? And then that's really the birth of what became the pharmacy podcast. There was no podcast in 2009 on planet earth about the pharmacist. There was zero. There was the people's pharmacist 
And that's a wonderful podcast that's been out for a long time. I can't remember when they started. I think they started in 2006. And that's a married couple that are two pharmacists that talk to the patient about medication, which is a wonderful publication. There was zero podcast about our profession, about the industry, about what was happening in pharmacy. And the only reason I started that was because I wanted to learn more about the pharmacist impact on healthcare. And that's the birth in March of 2009, March 2nd, actually, 2009, when the first episode, which was absolutely horrible uh, episode of the Pharmacy Podcast, and now it's become <laughs> the global leader podcast in the profession and business of pharmacy. And so I'm, I'm still in awe of, of people like yourself who are the innovators of, of what the pharmacist is doing today versus what, what they were doing 10 or 20 years ago. Wow. And moving from you're doing this since 2009, and then it was just last year, I believe you went full-time, full throttle with the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and you left new season. Was it last year or the year before? It seems like a big blur. October 2019, it was a blur because ever since coronavirus hit, I'm not sure what week or what day it is. (laughs) Exactly. October 2019, I jumped off the cliff total of entrepreneurship and saying, I believe enough in myself and this publication to to withstand $120,000, $150,000 a year worth of income that's going to impact my family. Scary, scary, scary move. Yeah, but yeah. I believed in it and it had to happen in order to take this publication to another level. It's really not about podcasting. I think I've been on a couple interviews where I keep saying that. So if a pharmacist is listening, this is about the network. This is about meeting people like Ann Arvizu and Richard Waith and Mike Corvino and Ken Sternfeld and the amazing Solomon team, you know, Will and, and his wife, uh, Susie. This is about the network. This is what the network is going to do to impact the business and the profession, the razor sharp edge that the pharmacist provides to healthcare entities. Mm-hmm. And and I just uh, found out there is a pharmacy student, a P3, that goes to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Her name is Adrian Vance. And Adrian is going to start coming to our studios twice a week just to learn about the business side of pharmacy to get ahead of all of her studies and all of the stuff that she needs to do, her part-time position, her part-time job to understand what is the future of pharmacy because it's not what it was 20 years ago. It's not going to look anything like that. The pharmacist is now much more of a consultant and much more of a sniper rifle in the arms of the specialist and the arms of the physician to really become that right hand of healthcare and, and being utilized the way that they should have been utilized long ago. I love that. Basically, you're calling me a sniper rifle. I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but let me, let me just recap that for a minute because I don't want anybody to miss this on this episode before I ask you the next question. And that is, as a person of faith, I can look at what's happened to you and I can break it down. And that is because where I received the idea and the concept of the Corpreneur podcast, I have what is called the negative core four that I've written in my recent book and the positive core four. The negative core four is exactly what 2000 is. And this concept has been also 11 years in the making. And that is that chaos, overwhelm, resistance, and exhaustion. And there's an opposite side of that, a polar opposite. 
and that's the positive core in corepreneur. And that is centered, open, resilient, and energized. When I received the structure, the answer is eventually going to come. So this is what I don't want people to miss. You asked a question. You were basically seeing what you saw at work during the day. And then you'd take it home. And in your heart, you're asking a question. And then eventually you got that answer. And it might not have been like the heavens parting and angels singing or anything like that. It just might have been a knowing. And then that knowing turned into something that you said, I have to do this. We're compelled to do it. And then you took the ultimate risk. That's when you became a corpreneur, Todd. And that's when you said, I'm doing this full time. So that is what I applaud you for. So that, I, I love it. And when I hear you talk, it resonates with me and I feel it. And I, and I bet our listeners can feel it too. Because there's something bigger than us and bigger than you. This is a mission. This is a purpose. And you're a very on-purpose person. So you just mentioned also like that part of your purpose is being a visionary, not only an advocate to the voice of the pharmacist, but a visionary to see where are we going because part of what you do is filter all these voices. Now, now you have a tribe of voices that are coming onto the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You're over 800 episodes. Am I correct? There were 1,050. Yep. Whoa. Okay. I, I missed a few. So, so congratulations over the 1,000 mark. So what is coming next and what do you see not only pharmacists and the role of the pharmacist evolving into, but how do you see that impacting the Pharmacy Podcast Nation? Well, Mr. Scott Knorr, who's our new CEO of the APHA, has recognized what I'm trying to do. And he told me I've already done it, but I'm not satisfied because I want more voices, I want more listeners, and I want more change, and I want more transformation for the pharmacist in the five sectors of pharmacy. And he's going to be a, a reoccurring guest to really tell his mission forward of the American Pharmacists Association. That support is what I, I long for. I, I look to people like Chad Wurz, the CEO of the ASCP, the consultant side, our yep. long-term care pharmacy leading association, and, and Sheila Arquette leading the National Association of Specialty Pharmacies. I want to be their soldier. I want to be mm. behind the scenes, behind the green curtain, taking the voices, taking the stories, channelizing them so that we know exactly what we're listening to. What's today's subject? Well, today's subject is addiction recovery, or today's subject is technology, or today's subject is specialty, or whatever it is. I want to channelize those voices. I want to empower them by marrying those voices or, or joining those voices with organizations and industry that can support that messaging from a commercial perspective, getting them involved and bringing together every facet of what's happening in healthcare within the pharmacy space to ensure that people know what the future of pharmacy looks like so that we can attract the next generation pharmacist who is that P1 through 4 right now who's saying, what am I going to be? And guess what? Girls and guys and leaders and professionals, it's not the clock punch big chain pharmacy position anymore that's going to be the transformative position. It's going to be that leader that's going to design something. It's, it's going to be a mobile app that's going to marry the world of pharmacogenomics with the disease addiction or 
or something psychotropic with the world of mental health or something in in analytics or something Mm -hmm. in technology or something different that we don't know about. But if we can't advocate and we can't push the industry forward with that collective, and that's why I love the ability to have Mm -hmm. politics and technology and career development and specialty and health system all merging into this network that we can all learn from each other and grow together. That, that's what has to happen. It already happened in the world of the American Medical Association and their lobbying group and the influence and the power that they've had over the years. Now it's, it's time for pharmacy to do that, but do it in a different way and do it with much more vigor and much more data and, and many tools that are at our, at our disposal. Right. I am part of the Facebook group that you mentioned, Susie Solomon, earlier, and she has a Facebook group and as well as an organization, right? The Pharmacist Moms Group. And I scroll through there and I still see community pharmacist moms who are talking about how they don't get a bathroom break, how they stand on their feet for 12 hours, how they get varicose veins. And is this what we go to school, right, in my case, 11 years for? Because I was pre the six-year PharmD back in the day. And is this really what a clinical degree is for? Or is it for creating thinkers, scientists, makers of change, change agents, the weapons that you're talking about of the future change that, that needs to go on for patient pharmacy, for pharmacy marketing, for patient advocacy, for so many things. And all the topics that you cover in this big, big space, there are still some confines. There are less confines because of this network, because when people have a voice, then they can raise that voice. But it has to be done in an organized fashion. And it's one conversation at a time. It's change that happens slowly rather than rapidly. But talk to us maybe about what kind of advocacy at national association levels or international levels even, or major companies that that you are bridging these types of conversations to create that real change that you started talking about. When I entered pharmacy in 2004, about a, a year into it, when I had that understanding of how, because in 2004, I didn't know what, what a pharmacist truly did. I, it was always, you know, they were either at the local drugstore independent or they were at Giant Eagle, which was a grocery chain in the Pittsburgh area or a big chain. I didn't understand. Now, now of course, I understand. But But in 2005, about a year into it, I was wondering why pharma, the pharmaceutical side, and pharmacy didn't work closer together. They were so separated. It was an invisible firewall that was between them. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. That in in and of itself is changing. And that was one of the very first things I did about 2012 when Pharmacy Podcast Show became the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And I really try to reach out to leading voices in pharmacy that were doing things out of the box. I kept saying to those hosts, could you help me in filling in the gap between pharma manufacturer and the pharmacist? And it didn't happen. It didn't even happen until 2016. Well, today we have two pharma companies that are plugged into the network that it is finally happening. We're finally having discussions between physicians and pharmacists about a disease state and about a medication in pace 
with the mm-hmm. condition. And when I say in pace, that means as we're running alongside how this is panning out, we know that the, the manufacturers will start to change the metabolical existence of the medication and how it impacts the, the condition ongoing. What's it like at year one? What's it like at year three? What's it like at year 10? And how much data we have to show the transition in the condition between patients and where they're at and where they're going to be so that we can start preparing things like expense and we can start preparing for other Mm -hmm. conditions. Does this drug draw on your liver? Does it damage your liver over a period of time? How does the how does the actual medication need to change over a three-year, five-year, 10-year period? Mm-hmm. The pharmacist, Anne, is going to be at the center of that. They're going to be telling that story, and they're going to be resourced as the main quarterback, per se, within that drug change and development because of customized medications and what we're seeing in DNA and, and how we're seeing to be able to take a test and know how fast a medication might absorb into your system based on you versus me. That's exciting. But if it's not in the hands of the pharmacist who has studied six, eight, and in your case, you know, 11 plus years, then you're picking the wrong team member to lead. Mm -hmm. So that excites me. And then COVID-19, by the way, has accelerated that. Now we're finally, it, it took a pandemic to shake it out, but we're finally seeing that uh, the government has recognized the pharmacist as this more critical person or or team member in, in the space of this pandemic. So that's exciting, but I, I still feel like I need to you know put on a new pair of running shoes and try to stay ahead of it so that the stories being told and the interviews being collected are resonating, are hitting the right ears, that we're, we're, we're hitting that P2 who wants to give up because of how hard it is to study or how hard it is to get through to realize you have a mission. When you're plugged in as a pharmacist, you're committing your entire life to the patient. You're committing your entire life to the community that you serve. And I think if I went back in time, I would have become a pharmacist, not so much for you know the income per se back in the day, but right. the mission that it could have created for me in knowing how I was impacting families, how I was impacting people. And that, that in and of itself, just that, that's the most exciting part to me. <laughs> when I was a pharmacist, and I don't talk about that side of me that much when I'm podcasting, right? But I really rarely talk about my evolution as a pharmacist, but really it's okay. You go through pharmacy school and then you get out and people think that there's one of two places to go, that you either go to community or hospital of some sort, or if there is this industry thing, it's sort of elusive And how do you get into the pharma industry or the biotech industry now, since it's not just um, drug anymore, it's not just product, it's, it could be therapy and that's genetic therapy, you, you touched on that earlier. And the evolution for me was it came through that everybody else was getting their jobs and their placements. And I decided I was going into the pharmaceutical industry. I felt like being a scientist and a business person was something that I needed to do. And I was told there's no way you're going to get into the pharmaceutical industry. Now it's much easier because people can get a fellowship. They can do a one-year internship. There's all kinds of postdoctoral ways in that are entry level, like in medical information, in the medical affairs space, medical communication, sometimes depending on the company, not usually as an MSL, as an entry level, but but there are places that a pharmacist can go. And that's one of the number one questions that I get, because what you're talking about here 
is the role of clinical research that I did for six years, creating and writing clinical studies, presenting them to the researchers. Those are the ones that have the patients and then moving into medical affairs. And I'll dummy it down is that we're the ones that write and then disseminate what we write. Basically, we write the articles, we write the standard response documents, we write the FAQs, and my teams that, that went global did that, right? I obviously, you know, long-term, I, I don't do the writing anymore. I have led global teams that have done that. And it's exciting for me locally in South Florida to partner with universities and say, why don't you do a rotation in, you know, such and such pharmacy school. And we've done that. We've created that way right within RXCR in, in South Florida, but there's not enough of it. And there's not enough of training that's going on. Have you thought about partnering with universities or, you know, talk to us about any other major partnerships that you see that will maybe help stepping stones to get pharmacists into that space that you're envisioning? Something I've learned, Anne, and you and I have actually talked about this offline and not being a recorded interview, is how do you scale a company, especially in, in what I'm doing? You know, how many publications are there dedicated to the pharmacy marketplace? There's many, and there's leaders out there that have done amazing things in covering our industry. Pharmacy Times, for example, I consider them the mm -hmm. great-grandfather of pharmacy publishing, and they, in every right, have their placement in history unerasable from you know, the importance of telling our stories. However, we know that content development and consumption is changed so quickly. And what I'm trying to figure out, the Rubik's Cube of what I do, and really the puzzle of, of figuring out is how do you deliver something that is meaningful enough and valuable enough to your primary listener or consumer of the content mm -hmm. that they would want to start paying for it. Meaning, how do I develop content that is so rich and is so valuable that it will help to make the most innovative and aggressive pharmacist out there reach the goals that they want? And that is now the new level of what is the pharmacy publishing and pharmacy podcast network. We're moving into this consumer-driven model where they'll pay for what we are going to be calling premium content, but behind that firewall username password is going to be some of the most innovative minds of the business of pharmacy, as well as the educational driven pharmacist to start giving the pharmacist that's listening abilities, advantages over the next person or over the flock of other pharmacists who are really looking for that clock punching job, which there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But if you're innovative, like you and I, we're so hyperactive in our mind, <laughs> our brains, that we have to do something more. We have to feel fulfilled in our mission. And there are so many pharmacists that feel that way. Out of the 300,000 active pharmacists right now, I think there's about 20% of us who are just on fire, who want to change things. And that's my primary target. That's my primary audience. But the rest of those individuals are still moving through themselves. They're still moving through their lives. They have struggles. They have marriages and kids and jobs and individualism and what we're going through as a nation right now. We have all of that to deal with. But the pharmacist needs to realize listening to this podcast right now, 
you are in the best position to be a pharmacist in the history of pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Today, it's better to be a pharmacist right now than in the entire history of pharmacy because you can do something that's never been done before if you want to do it. If you're ready to work your butt off, if you're ready to do something innovative, look at Susie Solomon, for example. She started a pharmacist moms group that is now the largest collective subgroup of pharmacy in the world Mm -hmm. for pharmacist moms, Mm -hmm. 30,000 plus members. Mm -hmm. Well, if she wouldn't have had that rolling around, not being able to sleep, and she gets up and goes to her her laptop and starts plugging in some ideas, if she wouldn't have done that, she could have easily gotten to sleep. She could have easily taken care of her kids or spent more time with her husband or done something for herself, watched a movie, watched Netflix, but she didn't. She sat down and she decided, I'm going to do something because I feel like I'm being called to do something. We have to do that. That's the essence of the corepreneur. Like that's why I get fired when I hear you talking, you, I'm I'm like like a magnet, like I can't help it. You're a pharmacist for goodness sakes. That's (laughs) number one fan. And then B, you become this juggernaut of energy to change things for the better, which is ultimately impacting our patients. And that's the essence right now of how things are changing for the pharmacy industry. It's led by the passionate pharmacist that's out there that truly believes in what she or he needs to do in order to impact the lives of who we serve. We are servants here. If you don't want to be in the business of serving, then get out of pharmacy. Go (laughs) be a lawyer or go be something else. But if you want to serve, you're in the right place. But we need creativity, we need innovation, and we certainly need aggressiveness. And and someone that believes I'm not going to give up until I reach the goal in my heart. I couldn't agree more. And here's something that for the pharmacists that are listening, because I know that we have a lot of pharmacists that are going to be listening to this episode. I would like to just say that everything that Todd just said is possible, right? But with passion, everything is possible. And with passion, you can create change. When you saw some of the conditions or opportunities, you created that change. So you are very, very generous in your support of people like Susie, myself, and your other talent that you have and are developing and are cultivating on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, which lends to your gift. This is a movement. And this is a movement that will continue to create change if you allow that change to be strategic. So congratulations on that. Why don't you give us our stats? What do the stats look like on, on Apple right now? Just to let the pharmacist know, your voice the voice of your being, of your profession, is ranked in the top 25 podcasts of about 1.2 million podcasts that are in the Apple directory, which is an organization called Chartable. It's kind of like the Nielsen ratings of podcasts. Mm -hmm. The Pharmacy Podcast for the last two and a half years has been ranked in the top 25 podcasts in the business news category. And Anne, we are competing with Bloomberg News, the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, The Daily Snacks, which are these multi-million dollar publications. And The Pharmacist is in that top 25 within the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And that excites me. Like I can't help but to look at those ratings about once every other week where I look back and I see where we're trending. I see why we're trending. And what that means, Anne, is that means that enough podcast consumers keep coming back 
to the Pharmacy Podcast Network to listen and to learn and to share. And that excites me. I want to be in the top 10 within the next year or two because I want directors and investors and researchers and people that have nothing maybe even to do with healthcare to say, why in the world is the Pharmacy Podcast Network in the top 10 podcasts of 1.2 or by that time it might be 2 million podcasts? What is this? Well, guess what? That's the power of pharmacy. That's the power of the pharmacist. Mm -hmm. That's the power of this network. And that's what I want to happen. I want us to take control of this industry and take control of our healthcare sector and, and us and staying in the lane of what we do best, which is being a pharmacist and being mm-hmm. an advocate for the patient. And people that I network with and that I believe in, that I work with, I know that it can happen and it will happen. And I know that the pharmacist role will continue to change and will continue to be much more respected than what it was 20 years ago by the physician just throwing a prescription over and saying to them, do what I say. It's not like that anymore. It's going to be much more collaborative. Todd, I just want to end by saying thank you for your passion, for your vision, for fulfilling your mission. Well done. And thank you for elevating the voice of the pharmacist, for amplifying the message that we should and can get out there to advocate for patients, to further and advance science, and to be a catalyst for change in science as technology moves us forward. Todd, thank you. Thank you, Anne. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave me a rating and review. If you are ready to make your move to entrepreneurial freedom and success, success. then take action now. Head over to my website, anarvizu.com, and get our most requested free download. Your 10-step corporate to freedom checklist is a transformational self-assessment tool that will help you visualize and create a life and business you truly deserve. Until next time, stay centered, open, resilient, and energized. energized.